You get to play in the dirt, be out in the fresh air and sunshine, and eat healthy, nutritious food that can help you heal. It lifts your spirits and provides exercise, and it is a lot of fun. There are so many benefits, so stay tuned to find out all about gardening and how to get started today. Journey to Health is a podcast dedicated to achieving real health in all areas of our lives, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. How do you overcome adversity that has turned your life upside down? How do you get healthy when you are overwhelmed, confused, and don't know where to start? What are you missing because you think you're doing everything right and yet you are still not healthy? If you are searching for answers to these questions, you have come to the right place. The Journey to Health podcast series will help you discover how to achieve real health, overcome adversity, and not just survive, but thrive. Travel with me on our journey to real health. Are you ready? Buckle up and let's go. Hi, everyone. This is Jan Schleicher. Welcome to episode 12 of the Journey to Health podcast, Gardening for Health. As a health coach and as I recovered from a very serious car accident, I have learned so much about health and healing. We are all on a journey to health. And I started this podcast to help you sort through all the confusing and conflicting information that is out there and help you find what works best for you. I am so excited to be sharing this information with all of you and provide tips and resources for your journey. But I do not want you to be overwhelmed. I know that feeling. So we will travel one step at a time. Just a note before we get started. While I make every effort to share with you correct information that is based on studying health for 13 years, I am still learning. I double-check all my facts, but realize that medicine is a constantly changing science and art. I am simply presenting what I have learned and what works for me with the goal of helping you find what works for you. I welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. As always, check with your healthcare provider. While doing the Healing Series podcast, the need for healthy food kept coming up as well as the need to be outside in the fresh air. This led me to do this podcast today because it combines nutritious food with all the benefits of being outside. Healing is becoming whole, sound, and well. What better way to promote healing than gardening that helps improve our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. There are so many amazing benefits of gardening, including reduce stress. Regular gardening can reduce tension, anger, anxiety, depression, and fatigue. Being outdoors in nature has such a calming effect and is a natural mood booster. Working productively in the garden can increase serotonin levels in the brain, causing you to be happier throughout the day. 
Studies have shown that six hours of gardening each week resulted in significant improvement in depression and reduced anxiety. Next one is boost vitamin D levels. Vitamin D is made by utilizing sunlight, so being outside in the sunshine enables your body to manufacture vitamin D. There are many benefits of vitamin D, including strengthening your immune system, reducing inflammation, building bones, improving your mood, and improving cognitive function. There is extensive research linking vitamin D deficiency to many chronic diseases. To get the most vitamin D when gardening, experts recommend at least 15 to 20 minutes of exposure to the sun without sunscreen a day, with some experts recommending 30 to 40 minutes. Next is improved nutrition. Most of us are deficient in one or more vitamins or minerals. Stepping outside and picking food right into your kitchen keeps the most nutrients intact. The average item in the produce section of the grocery store is probably at least two weeks old and some are months old. The moment a fruit or vegetable is picked, it starts to lose vitamins, minerals, and enzymes. Studies have shown that spinach will lose 60% of its folic acid in three days, and most green vegetables will lose half of their vitamin C by the time they even reach the store. The long lead time between the grower and your store requires the item to be picked long before it is ripe. Unfortunately, a high percentage of the nutrients develop in the last day or two before peak ripeness. The end result is that we have produce that is nutritionally deficient to begin with, picked long before it's ripe, and it's at least several weeks old before you even have a chance to buy it. Grounding. Grounding or earthing happens when your bare skin connects with the earth, grass, sand, or dirt. There are many benefits, including reduced inflammation, pain relief, improved immune function, mood boosting, and improved sleep. There are also therapeutic benefits. Gardening brings a deep sense of connection, connection to God, connection to our family, especially if we garden with our kids and grandkids, and connection to the earth. It brings a spirit of gratitude as we appreciate the beauty and nutrition of the food we eat. Gardening is used to help those recovering from addiction. Gardening also reduces landfill wastes. A significant portion of the materials going into landfills today are things like leaves, grass clippings, and vegetable kitchen scraps that could be composted and used to feed the soil. Studies have shown that 34% of our municipal waste stream could be composted. Compost piles are fairly easy to build and maintain and can be a significant source of nutrients for the home gardener. Another benefit is control. We have experienced food shortages in the past and will likely have them again. If you are growing your own food, you are in control from the time the seed is planted until you eat it. It seems that hardly a month goes by without a food item being recalled because of some form of contamination. E. coli, salmonella, and listeria are common foodborne illnesses that come from food that has become contaminated somewhere between the farm and the store. These contaminations are extremely rare in home gardens. 
One of the clearest benefits of gardening is exercise. It just gets you outside and gets you moving. Sitting too much has harmful health effects. It's linked to an increased risk of many chronic diseases. And gardening provides moderate to vigorous exercise. It uses many of our muscles on a regular basis. You probably won't realize how much of a workout you've had until you feel it later. 30 minutes a day of gardening can cut your risk of heart disease, stroke, and death. It also can help you sleep more soundly. Gardening is also shown to protect your mind and memory. Studies have shown that it protects your brain as you age, improving memory and keeping thinking sharp. The next benefit, probiotics. Getting probiotics through gardening may surprise you. We know about probiotics we take as supplements or get in fermented food, but there's another large source of probiotics that we don't think about, the soil. We loved it as a kid, but as we grew up, we just likely avoided it. There is beneficial bacteria naturally present in the soil that can benefit our health by improving our gut health, immune function, reducing inflammation, and improving sleep. So get out there and play in the dirt. It is so much fun. And the last benefit, cost. What is truly amazing is that you can have all this and save money as well. Cost savings is often listed as the number one reason to grow your own food. In the supermarket, organic costs more than conventional and sometimes much more. In your backyard garden, the out-of-pocket costs to grow organically are usually much less than conventional. The USDA published a study that showed a $100 investment in planting a garden would produce about $1,500 worth of crops. Can you think of any other investment available to you that results in a 1,500% annual return? That is just some of the benefits. There are many more. Hopefully you can see that there is value in starting a garden, but a much bigger benefit is in starting an organic garden. Let's face it, we are living in very toxic times. Fruits and vegetables are liberally doused with pesticides, herbicides, insecticides, and fungicides. Most of the corn, soy, canola, and sugar beets grown in the U.S. are genetically modified. Organic foods are to be grown without the use of synthetic fertilizers, sewage sludge, irradiation, genetic engineering, pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides. There are significant health impacts from pesticides alone, including asthma, allergies, some types of cancer, hyperactivity, blood disorders, nerve disorders, endocrine disruption, and reproduction effects. Children are at a greater risk because of their smaller size and the volume of food that they eat. Children may be exposed to pesticides even while in the womb. The British Journal of Nutrition published a paper that evaluated 343 studies on the topic of whether organic food is more nutritious than non-organic food, and decidedly concluded that organic foods are truly the healthier option because they contain up to 69% more antioxidants than non-organic foods. 
Antioxidants reduce the effects of free radicals and are crucial in the prevention and successful treatment of chronic illnesses such as heart disease, neurodegenerative disease, and cancer. The study also showed that organic foods have considerably less cadmium, which is a toxic metal, and of course, pesticide residue. Since it is virtually impossible to avoid pesticide exposure entirely, it is very important to limit our exposure as much as we can. The Environmental Working Group, which is EWG, tests popular fruits and vegetables each year for the amount of pesticides contained in each food. They develop a list called the Dirty Dozen of the Most Pesticide-Laden Food. The 2021 list was recently published. And the dirty dozen are strawberries, spinach, kale, collard, and mustard greens, nectarines, apples, grapes, cherries, peaches, pears, bell and hot peppers, celery, and tomatoes. You definitely want to buy the dirty dozen organic if at all possible. You can go to the website ewg.org and download the Handy Shopper's Guide. And there's a lot of other excellent information there about natural products and cosmetics. And it's really a great website. Here are the key findings of the latest Dirty Dozen. More than 90% of samples of strawberries, apples, cherries, spinach, nectarines, and leafy greens tested positive for residues of two or more pesticides. A single sample of kale, collard, and mustard greens had up to 20 different pesticides. On average, spinach samples had 1.8 times as much pesticide residue by weight as any other crop tested. Hot peppers and bell peppers had the most pesticides detected, 115 pesticides in total, and 21 more pesticides than the crops with the second highest amount, kale, collard, and mustard greens. Wow, 115 pesticides. Okay, so on the other end of the spectrum is what the EWG calls the Clean 15 which is fresh fruits and vegetables that had the lowest amount of pesticide residues. It's not as important to buy these organic. The Clean 15 for 2021, avocados, sweet corn, pineapple, onions, papaya, sweet peas, eggplant, asparagus, broccoli, cabbage, kiwi, cauliflower, mushrooms, honeydew melon, and cantaloupe. The key findings for the Clean 15 are avocado and sweet corn were the cleanest. Fewer than 2% of the samples showed any detectable pesticides. The first seven Clean 15 crops tested positive for three or fewer pesticides on a single sample. Almost 70% of clean 15 fruit and vegetable samples had no pesticide residues. 
and multiple pesticide residues are extremely rare on Clean 15 vegetables. Only 8% of the Clean 15 samples had two or more pesticides. It is staggering when you look at the Dirty Dozen and you see 115 different pesticides. We need to take charge of our health. We need to take responsibility. So as we seek to become more healthy and prevent disease, we need to educate ourselves. We need to look at what we're eating and our families are eating. Although organic foods are more expensive and can be challenging to find at times in the grocery store, buying organic is definitely one of the best decisions you can make for you and your family's health. Better yet, get that garden growing and grow as much of your own food as possible. I do have to admit, though, before I got married, I was not much of a gardener. When I was growing up, we had a small backyard garden with a few tomato plants, some peppers. To me, it was a chore because I didn't want to be working in the garden. I wanted to be out doing other things. But when I got married, it opened up a whole new world. My husband, Dave, has been organic gardening for 40 years He literally wrote the book on it called From Earth to Health. In it, he explains how to garden organically most efficiently and effectively and describes in detail all about growing the most common vegetables. Now I love gardening. There is nothing like going out and picking fresh asparagus, which is the first crop of the year, or fresh blueberries and fresh tomatoes that are absolutely the best. It is so amazing to see the transformation from the beginning of spring to the middle of summer when everything is in full harvest. Harvesting is when you get to reap the rewards of all your hard work. Through the years, I have learned so much about freezing and canning to preserve the nutrition and flavor of fresh produce. We often go on a tour where we marvel at the harvest as we walk in the garden. There is nothing like it. I encourage you to take that first step and get started. You will not be sorry. As I mentioned earlier, though, I don't want you to get overwhelmed. So I'm going to give you some tips to get started. Number one, start small. I understand the desire to have all those wonderful plants growing now, but I urge you to start small. It can be overwhelming when you are first starting out. Plant a small, easy-to-manage garden with a few of your favorite crops. Number two, enlist the help of your family, especially your kids and grandkids. Some of our granddaughter's best memories are gardening with grandpa. She loves to pick and eat the wonderful bounty from the garden. She especially loves digging for gold, Yukon gold potatoes, that is. Number three, incorporate the five components of a successful garden into the planning, sowing, and growing of your garden. They are, number one, fertile soil. Number two, water, preferably rainwater. Number three, sunshine. Number four, appropriate soil temperature. And number five, 
healthy seeds, or transplants. It is also important to understand your zone, first and last frost date, and the difference between warm and cold weather crops. Number four, manage your space. Gardening in small spaces is possible. Don't be discouraged. You can grow your own food no matter how small the space if you incorporate the five components of a successful garden. You can use containers on a patio, balcony, front or back porch, even in a sunny windowsill. Many cities have community gardens where you have an assigned area and access to water. Raised beds are the absolute best, but you can garden anywhere. Number five, choose crops that are easy to grow. Consider the dirty dozen, pick a few of your favorites, and don't get too fancy. When starting out, you may want to consider using established transplants instead of starting seeds. Number six, ask for advice, read and learn. That is the best thing to do to figure out what works for you. There are so many podcasts, websites, and resources out there. Dave recommends the Joe Gardner Show podcast. And Joe Gardner, who is Joe Lample, also does a PBS TV show called Growing a Greener World. Of course, I recommend Dave's book, From Earth to Health. It is very practical and easy to understand. Dave recommended The New Organic Grower by Elliot Coleman, but did warn that it is pretty technical. Connect with other gardeners in your area. Many areas have a local gardening club. Social media can be useful as well to connect with gardeners online. And the magazine Mother Earth News often has articles appropriate for beginners. Number seven, go for it. The beginning of April is the perfect time to start planning your garden. By starting small and learning the necessary skills, you will build a strong foundation for many bigger and better gardens in the future. Get out there, get your hands dirty, and have fun. I developed the acronym REAL to encompass the difference between what is typically thought of as health and what health really is. The first step is responsibility. Choose to learn more about gardening. Collect resources, plan your next steps, and do it. Step number two, encouragement. Seek other gardeners in person or online. Travel with others as you learn how to garden together. Step number three, attitude. Develop a positive mindset. Commit to creating a garden this year, no matter how small, and persevere until it is done. And number four, choose to love. This includes loving and trusting God, loving others, and loving yourself. As you enjoy the benefits of gardening, you will naturally love God as you enjoy the bountiful nature He created. You will love others as you enjoy gardening together and love yourself because you're doing something that will make you feel better and improve your health. At the end of each podcast, I provide a compass point. This is the time where I encourage you to take a compass reading on where you are at on your journey. If you want to start your garden, commit to yourself and at least one other person that you will do a garden this year. Then identify your first step. 
It could be find the best book and read it or listen to the Joe Gardner podcast or another gardening podcast. It could be finding a local gardening club or a group online. Then do it. Then identify the next step, do it, and so on. Before you know it, you will enjoy the wonderful harvest of your own garden and the awesome feeling of accomplishment you will have, plus all the amazing health benefits. I encourage you, take that first step. Hopefully you have found this information helpful to understand the benefits of gardening and how to get started. There is so much more that I am so excited to be sharing about in the upcoming episodes. It is so important to try to make progress every day. Some days they are tiny baby steps and other days they are bigger strides. Some days you may take a step or two backward, but the important thing is to keep moving on your journey. Don't give up. Travel with me on our journey to real health together as we focus on all areas of health. I am still traveling on this journey and will continue to as long as I am alive and I would love to travel with you. As I like to say, it's an adventure. I would love to help you as you travel on your own health journey. Let me know what other things you would like to know about gardening that I can incorporate into future podcasts or other topics you would like me to cover. I would love to hear your story. Tell me about the challenges you're facing and what I can do to help you. Email me at janetthejourneytohealth.net and check out my website, thejourneytohealth.net. You can get a summary for what I talked about on the blog post for this episode at my website, thejourneytohealth.net. If you like this podcast, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please tell all your friends. If you really like this podcast, please rate it five stars. It will help me reach more people to travel with me on this journey to achieve real health in all areas of our lives. And most importantly, celebrate life each and every day. Mm-hmm.